Section two of Lost Diaries. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Lost Diaries by Maurice Baring. Section two. From the Diary of Isolde of Brittany. May first. Mama sent me up a message early this morning to say that I was to put on my best white gown with my coral necklace as guests were expected. She didn't say who. Nurse was in a fuss and pulled my hair when she did it and made my face very sore by scrubbing it with a pumice stone. I can't think why, as there was no hurry. I came down punctually at noon. Mama and Papa were sitting in the hall waiting. Fresh rushes were strewn on the floor. I was told to get out my harp and to sit with my back to the light. I hadn't practiced for weeks, and I can only play one song properly, the Mallard, a Cornish song. When I told Mama that was the only song I knew, she said I was on no account to mention it if I was asked to play, but I was only to play Breton songs. I said I didn't know any. She said that didn't matter, but that I could sing anything I knew and call it a Breton song. I said nothing, but I thought, and I still think, this was dishonest. Besides, the only songs that I know are quite new. The stable people whistle them and they come from Rome. We waited a long time. Papa and Mama were both very fidgety, and Mama kept on pulling me about and telling me that my hair was badly done and that she could see daylight between the pleats of my frock. I nearly cried, and Papa said, Leave the dear child alone. She's very good. After we'd been waiting about twenty minutes, the trumpet sounded, and Morgan the Seneschal walked in very slowly and announced, Sir Tristram of Leoness. Rather an oldish man walked in with a reddish beard and many wrinkles. One of his front teeth was broken and the other was black. He was dressed in a coat of mail which was too tight for him. He had nice eyes and seemed rather embarrassed. Mama and Papa made a great fuss about him and brought me forward and said, This is our daughter, Isolde. And Mama whispered to me, Show your hands. I didn't want to do this, as Nurse had scrubbed them so hard that they were red. Sir Tristram bowed deeply and seemed more and more embarrassed. After a long pause he said, "'It's a very fine day, isn't it?' Before I had time to answer, Mama broke in by saying, "'Isolt has been up since six with the Falconers.' This wasn't true, and I was surprised that Mama should be so forgetful. I hadn't been out with the Hawkers for weeks. Then dinner was served. It lasted for hours, I thought, and the conversation flagged terribly. Corneval, Sir Tristram's squire, had twice of everything, and drank much more cider than was good for him. After dinner, Mama told me to fetch my harp and to sing a Breton song. I was just going to say I didn't know one, when she frowned at me so severely that I didn't dare. So I sang the Provencal orchard song about waking up too early, that Caradac the groom taught me. Sir Tristram said, Charming, charming, that's German, isn't it? How well taught she is. I do like good singing. Then he yawned, although he tried not to, and Papa said he was sure Sir Tristram was tired, and that he would take him to see the stables. Sir Tristram then became quite lively, and said he would be delighted. When they'd gone, Mama scolded me, and said that I had behaved like a ninny, and that she didn't know what our guest would think of me. It seemed to me we only had one guest, but I didn't say so. Then she told me to go and rest so as to be ready for dinner. I forgot to say that just as Sir Tristram was going out of the room, he said to Papa, your daughter's name is, uh... And Papa said, Yes, Isolde, after her aunt. And Sir Tristram said, Oh, what a pretty name. May 6th. They've been here a week now, and I haven't seen much of them, because Sir Tristram has been riding with Papa nearly all day and every day. 
but every day after dinner mamma makes me sing the provencal song and every time i sing it sir tristram says charming charming that's german isn't it although i've already told him twice now that it isn't i like sir tristram only he's very silent and after dinner he becomes sleepy directly just like papa may seventh i've had a most exciting day papa and mamma sent for me and when i came into the room they were both very solemn and said they had something particular to say to me then mamma cried and papa tried to soothe her and said it's all right it's all right and then he blurted out that i was to marry sir tristram next wednesday i cried and papa cried and mamma cried and then they said i was a lucky girl and mamma said that i must see about my clothes at once may eighth nurse is in a fearful temper she says we shall never be ready by wednesday and that it's more than flesh and blood can stand to worrit folks like this but mamma is in the best of tempers sir tristram has gone away to stay with some friends he's coming back on tuesday night my wedding gown is to be made of silver with daisies worked in it the weavers are working day and night but most of the stuff is old it belonged to mamma i do think that they might have given me a new gown blanche had a new one when she was married may twelfth the wedding went off very well i had four maidens and four pages after mass we had a long feast papa made a speech and broke down and tristram made a speech and got into a muddle about my name and everybody was silent then he said i had beautiful hands and everybody cheered after supper we were looking out on the sea and just as tristram was becoming talkative i noticed that he wore another ring besides his wedding ring a green one made of jasper i said what a pretty ring who gave it to you he said oh a friend and changed the subject then he said he was very tired and went away may thirteenth it's the thirteenth and that's an unlucky number nurse said that no child of hers should marry in may so i suppose that's what brought it about in any case tristram who has been very gloomy ever since he's been here has got to go and fight in a tournament he says he won't be away long and that there's no danger not any more than crossing the sea in an open boat which i do think is dangerous he starts to-morrow at dawn may fourteenth nothing particular may fifteenth no news may sixteenth Cornival arrived this evening he says that tristram was slightly wounded but would be all right in a day or two i'm very anxious may seventeenth tristram was brought back on a litter in the middle of the night he has been wounded in the arm the doctors here say he was bandaged wrong by the local doctor they say he is suffering from slight local pain Cornival says the horrid henchman hit his arm as hard as he could with a broadsword mamma and papa arrive to-morrow with the doctor tristram insists on sleeping out of doors on the beach the doctor says this is a patient's whim and must be humoured i'm sure it's bad for him as the nights are very cold july first i've been too busy to write my diary for weeks tristram is still just the same the doctors say there is no fear of immediate change august tenth mamma says the queen of cornwall whose name is isolt the same as mine is coming for a few days with her husband and some friends i do think it's very inconsiderate considering how full the house is already and what with tristram being so ill and insisting on sleeping on the beach it makes it very difficult for every one september first papa went out to shoot birds with his new crossbow but he came back in a bad temper as he'd only shot one and a hen tristram is no better he keeps on talking about a ship with a black sail september nineteenth Today I was on the beach with Tristram, and he asked me if I saw a ship. I said I did. He asked me if the sail was black, 
and as the doctor had told me to humor him, I said it was. Upon which he got much worse, and I had to call the doctors. They said he was suffering from hypertrophy of the sensory nerves. September 20th. Tristram unconscious. The Queen of Cornwall just arrived. Too busy to write. End of section 2